cold Sunday morning to you. We're going to make it warmer today. <laughs> Let's Can we worship him together? Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful to be called the children of God. Lord, we pray that you would bless each one that's here today. Open our hearts and our minds as we open the word of God. Pray that you would touch hearts, minds, and souls today. Minister like only you can do, Lord, through your spirit. We just ask you in your precious holy name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. We are continuing our series in God's Word for Life. Um, God is faithful. God is faithful. And have we not found that he is faithful? Amen. He's so good to us. I was thinking about this song, and as I was thinking about this lesson, I'm not going to sing it, (laughs) but I thought of the chorus. I'll start with the chorus that you all would know. If he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders, I know, my brother, that he will carry you. If he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders, I know, my sister, that he will carry you. And the verse one is like verse two. It's, there is no problem too big. God cannot solve it. There is no mountain too tall. God cannot move it. There is no storm too dark. God cannot calm it. There is no sorrow too deep. He cannot soothe it. Isn't that so true of our Lord? I'm so thankful. We serve a great, big, wonderful God. So thankful to be called a child of God. I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. Isn't that amazing and wonderful? And as um, the Glovers are gone, I just want to pray with the church that they would have the most wonderful time of refreshing, rejuvenation, relaxation. Um, God give great, just just greatness to them on their trip. That's my prayer and blessing for them. Um, <clears throat> I'm always so excited to see and hear about all the number of people in our church that have read their Bible through in a year. And, and sometimes more than, you know, more than just once a year. And it's amazing. And I just before the lesson, I wanted to just talk about just how exciting and important it is for us to read our Bible through. And I think for me, the first time it really hit me in my gut, so to say, about reading my Bible through completely. I was a new convert, and we had a wonderful song leader, and he was testifying like most song leaders do before and during song service and just sharing about God's word and how he started reading the Bible through each, well, each year. And he said there was someone that asked him one time, so have you ever, so have you, before he ever read the Bible through, have you ever read your Bible through? And have you read the Bible? And he said, no, I haven't. And the person said to him, well, how can you call yourself a Christian if you've never read the Bible? And I was like, ugh holy buckets, (laughs) you know, and it just, it just set in my spirit. It just got to me. It's like, I mean, yeah, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to serve the Lord. I want to know what he says. So after that, and it wasn't anyone saying anything. It wasn't, it wasn't anyone saying you need to read, you have to read, you must read, and the benefits of reading. It was like God himself gave me this little illustration here I am sitting quietly listening to this song service leader just sharing his testimony about how he started reading the Bible. And I was like, 
wow, I want to read the Bible. And it's something that all of us are able to do. If we can't read anymore, there's audio. If our eyes can't see the, see the word on the page, there's audio. And there's amazing audio, really awesome audio. You can have it almost like there's background noises like thunder and, you know, you hear water rushing, you hear birds. I mean, seriously, it's amazing. Those are not my favorite to hear every day, but they're fun. And the kids, they're great for kids, great for kids. So I wanted to just share just quickly um, what the Word of God does for us in our lives. Um, it strengthens our faith. Amen. It's almost like it's a, just a given. The Word of God, God's Word to us, His Spirit-delivered Word, strengthens our faith because the Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing from his word, right? And when we go and put ourselves in the path of willingness for God to reveal things to us through his word, it strengthens us. He strengthens us when we read his word, and faith is increased. When we have increased faith, guess what? We're going to be happier Christians. We're going to be more joyful. Amen. That's almost like a, an extra benefit, like the sprinkles on top of the icing on top of the cake. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's that extra. The word of God gives us life. His word is life. The living word. It's life. It's living. Everything else on the planet, every other book we read, it's a book. His word is the living word. It's the breath, if you will, of God. And you know what? Jesus said, I came that they might have life and life more abundantly. And we get that in the word of God. And I'm preaching to the choir today because you all have read the word this last year. And I can say that I have never been in a church where more percentage of people are reading the entire Bible every year. It's amazing. I, I don't want to guess the percentage, but it's, it's, way, it's huge. Thank God and praise God for that. Um, these are written so that you, you may, the word is written so that you may have life in his name. The word is for us. The word gives us hope. Hope is something this word, world is literally crying out for. They don't even know why they're crying at night. They don't know, but it's hope that they're looking for. The word of God gives us hope. And it strengthens us, gives us strength. Whatever the Bible says in Romans 15, 4, was written for former days, was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Hope, hope. Praise God. We have, a, we have very small experiences in life compared to God's wisdom. Amen? God's wisdom. <clears throat> scripture is inspired by God. Therefore, scripture is more, it's worth more than all this world has to offer. Isn't that the truth? Right. Um, God's word leads us to freedom. Freedom. No more chains. No more bondage. Freedom in Christ. Jesus says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free in John 8, 32. The word of God is, you know what, is our key to answered prayer. And that is how the word of God 
what it does is it awakens something in our spirits that when we read it and we ponder upon it, we meditate upon it, it um, does something for us, our spirits. It just ignites something in our spirit. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. The words of Jesus must abide in our prayers to be effective. And so whatever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Praise God. We want to bear fruit. Amen. And I love, of course, the Psalms. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. The desires of our heart. Thank you, sis. I don't know where this came from, but thank you. The desires of our heart, they cease to be merely a natural desire when we're in the world, when we're in the word, because he delights in giving us the desires of our heart. Then the desires that he gives us are heavenly, they're eternal, they're not earthly desires. Delighting in the Lord and this, I love it, this hallowing of his name and seeking his kingdom, doing his will, transforming all our natural desires into God-related desires. And um, what happens when we abide in Christ, right? I know I heard it said for 2023 and then 2024, if you could go back and change anything, what would you change? What regrets do you have? And, and I'm thinking, no regrets. Because you know what? If we are in his word, abiding in him each day, it is thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done. How can we say, Lord, you did a terrible job in 2023? You know, your word, thy word, thy will. We can't do that if we're abiding in him. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, the word of God is a source of all wisdom. It really is. The source of all wisdom. Wisdom is different than mere knowledge of facts. Wisdom is very different. Amen. God gives us, he gives us warnings in his word. We learn what is right and what is wrong. And that's what the world needs, to know what is right and what is wrong, according to God's word. One of the greatest things, I mean, there's so many great things about God's word, but what, one of the greatest things that it does for us, it, it helps us, it enables us to defeat the devil. It enables us to defeat the enemy. Jesus said, talking about Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning and has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And you know what? He has been defeated through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Uh, and just one last one about the word of God. The word of God is our source of joy. Joy. Boy, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season 
and its leaf does not wither. All he does, he prospers. The lovers of God's word praise the preciousness of the Bible and the joy that it brings. Amen? And, and just as we go into the lesson, Psalms 119.97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Praise God. His word. And I know you guys love his word because you read the word. I'm so excited that I'm a part of a group that is so excited about his word and loves him and gets into it. And Praise God. God is faithful. Today's lesson is Standing Tall on His Knees. I thought that was a nice title. Standing Tall on His Knees. And we're talking about Daniel, probably one of the most popular, popular stories that we've ever heard in the Bible. Daniel, not in the lion's den. Wow. It's funny that we go right to throwing him in the lion's den when we say the title. We just say Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10 says this. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into the house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God as he did aforetime. Wouldn't it be great to live in a world and with ideal circumstances, it seems so nice. Just everything just ideal all the time. Well, that's a fairy tale. <laughs> because that's not real life. But did you know that God, his favor upon our life, like Daniel's, is not contingent or dependent upon our ideal lives, our ideal circumstances? And sometimes it's hard for people to wrap their head around that God's favor in our lives is not dependent upon our ideal circumstances. God is able in our messed up lives to show his mercy, to show his grace, show his care, his favor at all times in our lives, all the time. Because he is the God of yesterday, your yesterday, your today, and your tomorrow. And I love that, that um, he is already in your tomorrow. God is. <coughs> we can trust God to deliver us from all of our trials. And I, I say that today because when we look through history, we can see how Jewish people faced many different trials through history. They have been threatened for, to be annihilated, and many of them had died collectively. We hear stories of these people that were risking their lives to save um, the Jews during the time of Hitler, and even through the very worst times of their lives, many of them remained so faithful to the one true God. They were not going to waver. They were not going to turn and say, well, I'm done with God. Then I'm just done. They didn't do that. They just stood fast they were faithful because they knew that they served a faithful God. And I believe they've heard the same story that we're going to share this morning in Sunday school. And some of these stories were probably the backbone of their faith. And they're thinking, you know, wow, we, we hear these stories. 
uh, today, and we're going to look at Daniel. We find such a faithful servant, Daniel, demonstrates such courage as he continued to pray to the Lord despite, get this, <laughs> despite penalty of death. Wow. He didn't just, okay, I'll just whisper my prayer to God. Okay, God knows he can hear me. He opened his windows towards Jerusalem and probably the housetop window. He opened it and prayed like he did a four time, not just once, three times a day. What was amazing to me in scripture is the ones that were against him and wanted to get him or catch him. You'll see in verse five, four and five, how they said, you know, we can't get anything on Daniel. There's nothing. He's just this great, he's, he's this great person. We don't have anything on him. But hey, if we can get something on his, maybe his God, you know, they did whatever they could. I'll tell you what, the world would do whatever they can today also. They look at your excellent spirit and they think, what? What? <laughs> you know, okay, well, I'm just going to go, I'll just start talking slap about your God then. You know, one thing this young man, Daniel, taken into captivity, um, he could have taken a really laid-back approach to ending up landing in a palace, okay? Offered the king's meat, king's wine, probably all the rest of the nice clothes, you know, he was taken care of. All of, all of his needs were met. He could have taken... But he chose to continue to remain faithful to his God and his godly values. And he and his friends refused to drink the king's wine or eat the king's meat. Um, what they did eat was vegetables and they drank water. Well, the ones that were in charge of these young men were worried, feared that they would not fare as well as the others being given the king's meat and the king's wine. God blesses Daniel and his commitment to righteousness. At the end of the 10-day test, Daniel and his friends looked better than the rest did. Praise God. What, what kind of man was Daniel? And there are some characteristics that we can have like Daniel today. He had, the Bible says, an excellent spirit. He was preferred above the others because an excellent spirit was in him. In addition to that, the Lord, the Lord allowed the king to put him over the whole realm. He was like second in command. When we look at characteristics of an excellent spirit, they would be just great character, integrity, honesty, compassion, humble, teachable ever learning. Great work habits, dependable. These are just some great things that probably Daniel possessed. And this excellent spirit, I have got to believe, came out of his devotion, his prayer, to continually to God. Actually, it's interesting that the king even referenced constant, continual, this devotion to God. He was a man of prayer. The Bible says that he fell on his knees and prayed three times a day. 
he worshipped the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac. He recognized and talked to the one that said, I am God and there is none other. I am God and there is none like me. He took that and said, I love that God. <laughs> He's my God. <laughs> Daniel 6.11 said, These men assembled and they found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. We recognize that Daniel prayed, that Daniel had a prayer life. And I honestly do not believe that all of a sudden, the night before the lion's den, he just got up and started his first prayer meeting. I don't think that happened. I think there was just something in his character, his Christian character, that he had established a routine of prayer. And he had, he had this already, this long history, this relationship talking to God through prayer. God talked to him. God gave him insight so that he could answer dreams. So we know there was this communion, this relationship that Daniel had. In Daniel 6, 7, it says, These men, the presidents of the kingdom, consulted together to make a decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save, the king, save thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. 16 says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spoke and said unto Daniel, This is amazing. Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Wow. Could we say that we even have that much faith to say that? Those words at that very critical time, Wow. In verse 17, it says that a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace. He passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, nor his sleep went from him. Wow. Amazing that the king had been around Daniel long enough to see the power in Daniel's life, and he was able to say, your God, who you constantly serve, will deliver you. Wow. That's faith. Um, he doesn't know what it's called, probably, but are the people around us saying today, your God, who you constantly serve, is able to deliver you? Are our friends and neighbors and family saying that about us? Wow. Is it possible that the king had heard, of course, the story of delivery of the three Hebrews in the fiery furnace? I mean, you hear that in your lifetime. You see that in your lifetime. He thought, wow. Verse 19 says, Then the, the king arose early in the morning, and he went in haste unto the den of lions, verse 20. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice. Wow. Unto Daniel. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? <laughs> and then Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. You know what? 
let's go back to his excellent spirit. <laughs> you were thrown into a den of lions, right? You're left there all night by someone who you think you've worked really well with, a, a leader, king, and you're second in command, basically. You know, he could have got a nasty spirit. He could have just been, I hate you, king. <laughs> Die today. <laughs> he didn't say that. He had an excellent spirit. Even, okay, even after being pushed that extra little mile, you would say, even pushed, you know what? The world doesn't only want to just put us in a fiery trial or a lion's den. They do that, and then they push, and then they push. Daniel didn't push back. He had an excellent spirit. Oh, king, live forever. And he said, and he said my God hath sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. And I've heard so many sermons, and you have too. Hey, they have more than mouths. They have claws. They have, there's other ways that you can be devoured by a lion, right? Or torn apart by a lion. But verse 23, Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. Therefore Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed his God. Praise God. And the king commanded, and then they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast him into them into the den of lions. Them, get this, and their children, and their wives, and the lions had mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote upon unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. He had made a decree that in every dominion of every kingdom, men would tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is a living God and steadfast forever, even until the end. Revelation did this king now have? Wow. So Daniel prospered in the reign of this king, and the reign, you know, it, incredible, miraculous. God is a deliverer. He is. We read the story. Just as God delivered Daniel, he delivers souls today. He delivers them from the, the basically the teeth of the lion, right? And then when we come into the precious fold and we have trials, tribulations, fiery furnaces, lion's den. He continues to deliver. I'm so thankful. This church is a healing church. I, I am so thankful. So many, and myself included, you come and there's a brokenness and a, a hurt. And there's a healing here. And I have got to believe that it comes from the leadership down. Absolutely. But it's coming from the constant teaching, preaching of the word of God. And we're getting it constantly. And that is what is so living. It's healing. And thank God for that. We, we can get caught up in the really the dramatic story, the Daniel and the lion's den. Um, but there's some really amazing lessons that we can learn from how Daniel reacted to all of this. One thing that we can note is that he was not paralyzed with fear. 
when the enemy came in the form of the lion and the decree, he had courage. Where did that courage come from? Well, his devotion, his prayer to God, his constant commitment to God. The New Testament tells it very beautifully in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. And hey, folks, there's a lot to be said about a sound mind. Amen. A great antidote for fear is faith. 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 God, faith doesn't mean an automatic deliverance. It does mean that God, it doesn't mean, I'm sorry, that God is going to do everything that we ask him to do, right? Faith means believing that God is going to accomplish the purpose in our lives for his glory, no matter what, it will be God's purpose for our lives, for his glory. When fear comes in, refuse, like Daniel, to be paralyzed with fear. Because, folks, when you're paralyzed, as you already know, you cannot move. You cannot do anything. You can't do anything. You know what? You can't do anything of yourself except for God do it, right? No, no doubt that Daniel trusted God with huge, huge faith. Could you imagine? I think God knew the faith of Daniel, and that faith led to a huge test. Let's go to 2024. For those of you with huge faith, you know what? God trusts you. He trusts you to trust him. Trust him. Trust him more. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Before that lion's den, he had made a decision that he could have, that could have killed him. When King Nebuchadnezzar had him interpret a, interpret a dream that the king couldn't even remember, it was going to be, you interpret this dream or basically you die. And he was confronting his own death, his demise of himself, his Hebrew friends, and the slaughter of all the wise men in Babylon. He asked this of the king when the king asked him to interpret my dream. He said, King, I need time to pray. Wouldn't that be nice for us, too, when we have friends, family, someone come to us for a question? Just let me, let me, let me pray about that. Let me just go to my, the Lord, the one true God. Let's go to him. Daniel prayed to God for wisdom and the dream's interpretation, and God answered Daniel's prayer. And you know what? This was setting a stage. This was setting the stage up for him. Because when the lion's den came, Daniel had, because of his constant prayer life, relationship with the Lord, he had a clear conscience. Folks, clear conscience. There were no regrets, right? No regrets. He knew that he had been obedient to God, and this faith gave way to a great courage in his soul that he was able to face the lion's den. He kept that contact with God. He kept it up. Unlike, remember in the book of Genesis, when we have Adam and Eve, when their consciences were seared, uh, they couldn't even face God. Oh, God, he's coming. 
They didn't even want to have God around them. They didn't want God to see them in their nakedness. Like, their conscience was seared. Um, I believe it was Daniel's prayer life. His prayer life that allowed him to stand up to both of the kings, really, um, it gave him courage. There was something about his consistent prayer life that reminded Daniel that all that really matters in this life is what God thinks about me. It's what I have this relationship with my Heavenly Father. That's what really matters. That constant prayer life. It doesn't matter what, what anyone else thinks about you. All that matters is what God thinks about you. You are the apple of his eye. He looks at you with such great love and care and concern about your everyday, about your getting up, about your going to sleep at night every day. This is our Heavenly Father. He cares. And um, it gave, that gave him courage that there was this constant reminder in Daniel's life that that's what really matters. Praise God. And it doesn't really matter what other people think about you. The New Testament says it this way. <clears throat> Matthew 10, 28 says, don't, Jesus said, don't fear those who can only kill the body, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. God's approval is more important. God's approval matters in our lives. Amen. Just as God saved Daniel, he will save us from our trials. He will help us in our trials. Um, when we find ourselves going through the trial, he will sustain us. He will keep us. He will protect us because we have this constant relationship with the Lord, and it, that's what really matters. I was going to share a, a little comparison. I know some of you have seen the redwood forests in California. I haven't yet in this natural eye, but I can't wait one day to see it. Um, those massive redwoods did not grow overnight. H years, right? We're talking 50, 100 years, and lots of many, many years. But those trees have sustained um, wind, rain, snow, winds, earthquakes. Oh, my word. Sunshine, fire, exactly. It's, they, all of the things that have come against them, you know what? We have to make sure that our faith is able to withstand the storms and winds that blow in our lives. How do we get to that place? Through our constant prayer through our constant devotion to our God. And it's in developing our Christian disciplines that we're going to get to that place where we're talking to God regularly, daily, more, sometimes not just daily, but throughout the day, throughout the day. And it, it, it's, it, it, it's interesting, Daniel um, didn't just, he didn't just start to pray for any kind of, anything special from God. Like, he wasn't... God and he had a relationship, and he was yielded to God. Daniel was a man who yielded himself to God and not only had an excellent spirit, was a man of prayer, he was a man of perception, a man of power because of God. And he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself 
with the king's meat, with the king's wine, king's table. He had favor with God. And God gives us favor when we have that same type of relationship with him. So I would say, you know, that's a thing that we can pray for is the, that constant favor with God. Um, favor and compassion. The Throughout the palace, the master of the palace, he um, saw that God gave knowledge and skill in every aspect of literature and wisdom to Daniel and the three Hebrews. Um, he, he had this sense that he had favor with God, and God was with him. Um, it's something that this grace, this favor, it's not earned. It's nothing we can put a price tag on and pay for. If we had the most money in our bank account that our eyes would go crossed because there were so many zeros, <laughs> we could never earn the favor or pay for anything from God. He gives it freely to us. It's because he loves us. He does this. He not only provided for Daniel's needs, but God blessed him for interpretation. He was taken care of. Daniel stayed true to God. Even though he was living in captivity and then in exile, he stayed true to God even when his circumstances improved and he was like second in command. He stayed true to God. He did not turn his back on God. We can look at others in scripture like Noah. God's favor provided protection and deliverance. Amen? We look at Abraham when he left his country and homeland and everything he knew. He received God's favor with this distinct addition. He was called a friend of God. Could you imagine? I mean, Abraham, Moses, he too received God's favor, and he was uh, uniquely blessed by seeing God's glory. Isn't that, a, you know what? Yes, they had hard times. They had hard ships. They had some dens of lions. They had some fiery furnaces. God was constantly blessing them and true to them. And God did bless Daniel and his friends to give them favor with the king and favor in their lives. Sometimes we need to just go back to the basics of our faith. Who is God? <laughs> Who is God in, in my life? Um, why does he even want to help me? Why does he even care about me? Why should I have faith and believe? And fundamentally, um, fundamentally believing that God is that he first of all exists. The world, that's one thing that some of them just need to know. He does exist. He is real. And what does he say about me? What does he say about himself? Well, Isaiah 44, 6, the Lord says this. He says, I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. I love and use this often, the scripture in Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. <clears throat> John 1.3 says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. 
made that was made. The list of scripture goes on and on and on. Just what God says about himself. Amen. We find Daniel and the three Hebrews still in captivity in Babylon. Even though power had shifted between the kingdoms, Babylon and then the Medes and the Persians, the Israelites still found themselves in captivity. That could have changed their outlook on many levels, but it didn't. Just remain faithful to God, pray three times a day, threat of death for praying, continue to pray three times a day. And we can compare in Scripture Daniel's position when he was second in command to that of Joseph's position when he was second in command um, in Egypt. And we see that the two of them, they both remained constant to God and faithful to God. What we see through the, the lives of Daniel and then Joseph, we see the possibilities of blessing even while in dire circumstances. I mean, the worst of circumstances. And they put their complete trust in God, 100%. Daniel was delivered, Joseph was delivered, and both favor with God was evident. You know, we, we teach, we preach, we read about God's delivering us from our trials. And I, I would say, let's engage our faith. Let's engage our faith, ignite our faith to believe what God says in his word is true. What he says he will do, he will do. We can have confidence in him no matter what the situation looks like, no matter what the circumstance looks like. We have that faith. And I think it's pretty reassuring for us as we walk through our own valleys in life that we aren't in some season of suffering by mistake. God is watching us in our moments and is with us in our moments when we say, well, I, God will never see it, say, well, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> he will never say, well, this was a surprise. <laughs> he sees us in our hurting. He sees us in, when he loves us when we are hurting. And he never leaves us when we are hurting. I'm so thankful that God is walking right beside us. He is with us, ready to comfort us. I know there's no prayer that fits all. There's no devotion that fits all. However, that continual act of kneeling before the throne of God, digging into the word and talking to God, makes such a huge difference in our walk with God in our Christian characteristics. In our, Christian, in our situations, <clears throat> if we allow our eyes to shift from what we see in the earthly to what we know in the eternal, you know what? It will not only shift our gaze, shifts our focus, it gives us something in our soul that changes us. And you know what? As he rescues us from that situation, that valley, we can see Jesus Christ more clearly. Amen. God bless you. He is still good. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. We love him and just continue to keep on keeping on the good fight. God bless you all. Amen.
Praise God.